and I like to read now. Wait. How am I supposed to pronounce it? Tiffany Talks. Good morning, good peoples. Welcome to Tiffany Talks. It is Flashback Friday. So I'm going to be coming at you with hopefully some good flashback hits throughout the show. Um, If you missed any of yesterday's show, of course, you can go check that out on the podcast. I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about today. I'm going to summarize a little bit of the G7 Summit, what they plan to discuss. I'm going to uh, play some, well, it's not new music. It came out in May, but... I mean, if you haven't heard it, you should hear it. So I'm going to play that. I want to talk a little bit about the Alzheimer's drug approval that is a little bit controversial. I'm going to give you some idiotic news today. Uh, You know, you just can't make this stuff up. It just is what it is. Uh, An infrastructure deal has been reached by a bipartisan Senate group. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And good old Florida's at it again. And then so are police officers. So lots to talk about today. Lots of family conversations. I've got a lot in store for you today. If you have some things that you want to ever discuss, you can hit me up on any of my social media at T-I-F-F-L-N-E-L-L-E at Tifflinell everywhere, Twitter and Instagram. I think I have a Snapchat, but... Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I opened it. Don't judge me, okay? It's, it, it just be a lot. That's that's all I'm saying. It just be a lot. Anywho, if you have not heard, there's going to be a new Space Jam. Now, there are different thoughts on said Space Jam. Some people can't wait. Some people are saying, you actually could have left this alone. Uh, it's directed by Malcolm D. Lee. It stars LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Sonequa Martin-Green, who I love. If you don't know who that is, she is the lead character in the uh, Star Trek. I forget what the name of it is, but it's the Star Trek on Paramount Plus, um, among other stars. It is supposed to be released July 16th and has a really dope song on it that is topping the gospel charts with an interesting combination of artists, Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin. I know, right? Anyway, the song is dope. I really like it. Hopefully you like it. So I'm going to play that really quick. Um, Yeah, just to kick off our our morning. It's a really good throwback choice because even though it's a new song, it highlights a throwback gospel song, Be Steadfast. So the song is called We Win. It's based on the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58. So here's your inspiration for this morning to take care of you through the weekend. The passage says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord because you know that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So my encouragement to you today, good people, my family, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord. Here's Kirk Franklin and Lil Baby. I'll be right back with you. All right. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday, that this country has a problem. I'm going to try not to say that every day on the show, but it's just evident. Um, four Glendale officers are now on administrative leave, which I'll discuss that in a minute. But they're on administrative leave after a video was released showing them beating and kicking a teenage boy inside a big sporting goods. The officers in Southern California were assigned to the Glendale Shopping Center and were responding to an alleged theft from a 17-year-old. 17. They are fighting him, beating him, 
kicking him in the face. <sighs> and you hear the classic, all too common statements now that we see in plenty of videos where officers are using force that is not necessary, where the officers say, stop resisting. You cannot make this stuff up, literally. I don't understand. First of all, it's Dick's Sporting Goods. Even if there was a theft, how expensive could the item have been to warrant this action? Y'all take domestic terrorists into custody with no problem whatsoever. I don't understand why you couldn't have a conversation, first of all, with a 17-year-old. And even if you couldn't have a conversation for whatever reason, why you felt the need to beat and kick this 17-year-old boy. I also don't understand why when officers do wrong and do not live up to their sworn duty to protect and serve, that they get put on paid administrative leave. Fire their asses. Write them up. I also think that the records should follow the officers. You know, most of these officers, even if they do get fired from one department, they just move on to another. No, this is not okay. One of the officers wasn't even there in the in the beginning. Um, the team did suffer injuries. And of course the family is focusing on, you know, his his recovery, but it's Dick's sporting goods. Again, how much how expensive could the item have been if it was even an actual theft? Because that's still alleged. So what? I y'all need to do better. This reminds me of um, a story that I read maybe a few weeks ago of an elderly woman, a white woman, who was also detained forcefully, unnecessarily, and she had dementia, and it was over $13.48 in Walmart, potentially stolen. $13. $13. This is why we have a problem with policing in this country. These practices are unnecessary, forceful, discriminatory, and it's, of course, I'm always going to advocate for Black and minority bodies and voices, but it's not just Black and minorities. It's mentally uh, challenged. It's elderly. Like, if you're not young, white, male, sometimes young, white, female, there seems to be an issue with having a conversation or community, you know, conversations. Or, you know, again, I saw a story a couple years ago. Maybe it was a year ago. I don't remember. Who can keep up? Uh, Where another elderly woman, uh, her headlight was out and the officer went back and forth with her. And it was a small town. Like, surely you know Bubba at the hardware store. Go tell her to, tell her to put it on her, on her, on his tab or something like that and help her get her headlight replaced. Like, it, at what point do you just be a human being? That's the part that I'm just not getting. I hope that these four officers are investigated, fired, terminated, like, find something else to do. Policing is not it. Um, cause no, just no. Now moving on to idiotic news of the day. Y'all's favorite governor, Governor Abbott in Texas is vowing to build a border wall with Mexico. He said, announcing his plan, Texas will not sit idly by as this crisis grows. Sir, what crisis are you talking about exactly? Uh, He said the state is working collaboratively with communities impacted by the crisis to arrest and detain individuals coming into Texas illegally. Our efforts will only be effective if we work together to secure the border, make criminal arrests, protect landowners, 
rid our communities of dangerous drugs and provide Texans with the support they need and deserve. Okay. He's saying that if uh, anyone who enters Texas illegally, you will face arrest and confinement for trespassing. And he has created a task force to try and figure out how to stop the undocumented immigrants and illegal contraband from entering the country across the border. Now, Biden already announced in April that he was canceling all border wall construction. Not that it got very far. What was built fell down. Like, it was a terrible waste of money. Yes, we have some things at the border that we need to to rectify. However, this is not it. Like, don't... This is just idiotic. Get your life together because... No, this isn't it. Um, I'm, I'm moving on. I got more show coming up for you. I clearly am in an Erica Badu mood, so I'm going to play a little bit of Erica Badu for you. And then I've got more, uh, more family conversation coming up for you. <laughs> we got to still talk about Florida. We got to talk about the infrastructure deal. I'm going to have your weekend watch recommendation. So that's coming up too. You don't want to miss that. Um, and I'm going to tell you about a protest that's happening across the country with teachers. So make sure you stay tuned. Here's a little bit of Erica Badu. I'll be right back. Tiffany Talks. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. It is Flashback Friday. I hope you're having a good Friday. If you're listening to this on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday or whatever day you're listening to, then I just hope you have a good day. How about that? Um, So uh, hopefully if you're listening to this live, you're getting into the mood of your Friday. It's almost the weekend. You know, we're going to pump you up a little bit later in the show. So just, you know, don't don't move. Don't go anywhere. Uh, So if you have not heard our government leaders have been trying to come up with an infrastructure deal for quite some time now. They keep going back and forth on what the deal will include, won't include, blah, 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 whatever. There is some bipartisan uh, support for a new tentative infrastructure deal, but there's no promises for either side to really go with it. Uh, So basically there's a bipartisan group of 10 senators, bipartisan, just, you know, Republican and Democrat. Uh, There's a joint statement that was released from the senators who include Mitt Romney, uh, Kirsten Sinema, Rob Portman, John Tester, and there's a few others. Um, uh, Susan Collins, Mark Warner, Bill Cassidy, Jeanne Shaheen, Lisa Murkowski, uh, and Joe Manchin. So essentially the deal, the tentative deal is a $579 billion deal in new spending for a total of a $1.2 trillion deal in infrastructure funding over eight years. Yes, that's a lot of money. Here are some of the caveats. Um, Republican leaders are thinking that it's, it's only part of the way that they're trying to get. Democrats feel the same way. Uh, Democrats are saying they're not going to sign off on any deal that does not include clean energy investments so that we can start combating climate change. I agree with this. 100%. In no shape, form, or fashion, excuse me, should there be an infrastructure deal that does not include some form of funding towards clean energy investments. We just need it. Like, the, the time is up. Um, I watched a wonderful documentary. I've been telling everyone about it. It's called The Year the Earth. Uh, the year the earth changed. It's on Apple TV plus somebody, you know, has Apple TV plus borrow their login or something. Uh, but it's on Apple TV plus, and it essentially chronicles the year uh, in the earth and what it looked like for the earth, our lands, our waters, our skies, our animals, um, nature in general, um, how it healed itself during the pandemic, because we 
were in the house. We were all in quarantine globally. Uh, pollution cleared away from the skies. People were able to see mountains from their houses that they didn't even know they could see from their houses. LA had a clear sky. India had a clear sky. The waters returned to their, uh, their normal levels. Like the earth started healing itself. Animals thrived um, in nature. And really when you think about, I could go on and on about that, but I agree. Uh, one comment from one Senator, Senator Ed Markey, uh, who is a democratic representative in, um, Massachusetts said, from my perspective, no climate, no bill, no deal, period. He didn't say period. Again, I'm inserting my own period, but it's implied. We need to have climate change talks. We need to have action towards climate change and impacting climate change and reversing some of this damage that we've done to mother nature. It just has to happen. Um, So anything that comes across the Dems that doesn't have that, they're saying no deal. It really is iffy on both sides, the Republican side and the Democratic side, if this bipartisan bill is actually going to go through. Uh, But I also agree with our wonderful favorite, (laughs) Senator Bernie Sanders, who said the clock is ticking. It certainly is. Insert Judge Judy Jiff tapping the watch here. It's ticking y'all like Come on. Meanwhile, the G7 summit started today. If you don't know what the G7 summit is, it is happening in the UK in a beautiful place called Cornwall. Um, And when I say beautiful, I mean beautiful. It's happening in Caris Bay, Cornwall, today through Sunday. Sunday is the last day. And it includes uh, all of the G7 leaders. Uh, It also uh, includes some guest leaders. So the UK invited Australia, India, South Korea, and South Africa as guest countries to this year's G7 summit. There has not been a G7 summit in the past two years, of course, because of the pandemic. Um, However, all of the nation's leaders, 11 not all, 11 leaders representing over 2.2 billion people and over half of the world's economy are in the UK currently trying to meet to reach some agreements on a couple of things. So some of their policy priorities that they plan to discuss include um, coronavirus, leading the recovery from coronavirus and strengthening resilience against future pandemics. That's a quote. Promoting future prosperity by championing, 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 I don't know why that's a hard word to say, free and fair trade, tackling climate change. There goes that word again. And preserving the planet's biodiversity that I'm seriously like go watch the documentary on Apple TV plus the year the earth changed it it's amazing and if you're spiritual in nature it's just all inspiring um, to see the work that God did making something so tragic so horrific that we were going through still using it for the good and the benefit of mother nature absolutely amazing documentary can't say that enough um and talking about shared values that is what is happening at the g7 summit of course our president biden is included in these 11 leaders I guess I should have started with what the G7 summit is. So the G7 summit is a gathering with the European Union. It includes the UK, the USA, Canada, Japan, Germany, France, and Italy. And as I mentioned, there were some guest countries that were invited by uh, Prime Minister Boris this year as well. They, the G7 summit has happened since the 1970s uh, with ministers from their governments meeting throughout the year. Again, it hasn't happened over the last two years due to the pandemic. Um, so they are now meeting in this beautiful, I mean, there's a picture of them. I will uh, post a link where you can look at some of these pictures and stuff that they have on the site. Um, but they're meeting here and I almost would want to go. It looks like it's off the coastline. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, One of the interesting things to come out of the, uh, some of the meetings that have already taken place is the Gender Equality Advisory Council, who has already presented recommendations to drive global gender equality. Um, Quote from this council, it's a, 
calls for guaranteed education for girls, paths to green, into green jobs, access to capital, and for digital inclusion. We want real representation of women, a level playing field in the workplace, and liberation from sexual violence and online abuse. Women and girls have astonishing potential. We challenge the G7 to unleash it. Some of the recommendations include calls for targeted pandemic response and recovery plans, taking the account, taking into account the needs of women and girls. At least 12 years of age for gender transformative education for all. Strengthen public investment in social care infrastructure, including child care. Greater opportunities for women to thrive in the modern economy. What's wrong with my words today? A gender responsive approach to climate financing. There goes that word again, climate. Investment in policies, investment in education and lifelong learning to ensure that women and girls can benefit from the green revolution. Progress towards achieving gender parity in STEM education and careers. That is something that we're starting to see pick up a lot more again here in the US as well. Action to address the digital gender divide and to counteract algorithm bias uh, that puts women, girls, and marginalized groups at a disadvantage and into stereotyping and unequal treatment of women in the media, global action to end violence against women and girls uh, through increased investment in prevention and response, uh, action to tackle online harassment and abuse of women and girls, condemnation of sexual violence used as a weapon of war, and a clear mechanism to monitor progress and accountability. I think these are amazing, amazing, amazing recommendations from the Gender Equality Advisory Council um, from the G7. I, like, yes, absolutely to all of this. Uh, in addition to that council, there are seven ministerial tracks that will be meeting. Uh, that will cover economic, environmental, health, trade, technology, development, and foreign policy issues. I could go on and on about all the things at the G7 summit. If you want to learn more information about the G7 Summit, you can see their full meeting agenda. You can see, like I said, some of the beautiful pictures um, from the Cornwall Summit where they are off the coastline. Absolutely beautiful. It's g7uk.org. G7uk.org. I'll tweet that link out as well in case you want to go through all of the articles and go through the policy priorities and discuss that they plan to have in further detail. Speaking of education, I'll tell you what the Florida Board of Education has decided to do. It's so annoying. And I'll tell you about a protest coming up in the second hour. And we still have to talk about the Alzheimer drug that is causing some resignation. So I've got a lot more coming up for you in the second hour. You don't want to miss it. Here's some more flashback Friday music to kick off your weekend. I'll be right back. We're taking a quick break. More Tiffany Talks after these messages. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. Um, I'm, y'all, it bears repeating. We got really big problems in this country. I'll, I'll give you some more information about why I say that coming up in a few minutes during this hour of the show. Um, you know, yeah. Anyway, one of my favorite celebrities' birthday is today, Peter Dinklage. Happy birthday. If you don't know who Peter Dinklage is, I mean, have you watched Game of Thrones? Have you seen Elf? And yes, I'm talking about one of my favorite Christmas movies to watch, Elf. Um, it's hysterical and I watch it every, it's one of the movies I have to watch every Christmas period. Um, but Peter Dinklage's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Peter Dinklage. Um, you know, wish you well. Uh, he is starring in an upcoming movie. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Also in history today, uh, Alabama segregated, desegregated, excuse me, schools. So the University of Alabama desegregated on this day, June 11th, in 1963. That was not that long ago, y'all. Not that long ago. And allowed two African-American students to enroll. George Wallace, one of 
you know, whatever. He was elected governor of Alabama in 1962 and had a supreme segregationist platform Uh, but in his inaugural address he promised his white followers segregation now segregation tomorrow segregation forever and when they attempted to the they being african-american students attempted to desegregate the university of alabama he used state troopers to literally block the door to the enrollment office You can't make this stuff up. Um, June 10th, 1963, President John F. Kennedy federalized National Guard troops and deployed them to the University of Alabama to force its desegregation because the Brown versus Board of Education uh, declared segregation unconstitutional in 1954. We dare not say Alabama was just late to the party. Y'all are just ridiculous. Anywho, uh, so that happened on this day in 1963. And in honor of Flashback Friday, y'all, E.T. was released today in 1982. Steven Spielberg was 34 years old when he directed this gem of a movie. I have not watched E.T. in a very long time. I can only imagine what it would look like now. I probably have the VHS somewhere in my house and nothing to play it on. Um, But I just thought that was really interesting. It was released today, June 11th, 1982. If you've never seen E.T., you're really missing a classic. I like you just really are. If you're listening live, then hopefully you enjoyed my <laughs> little throwback that I'm throwing in here. Um, I know Supersonic came out of nowhere. Y'all, that is my jam. Especially when, hit it baby, and she like just starts going, that's my jam. Don't judge me, okay? I am like an 80 year old woman inside this body and it just is what it is. So I love that song. I'll have some more throwbacks for you throughout the show in honor of Flashback Friday. Again, trying to, you know, get you upbeat. It's Friday. Now I'm in Georgia and it's, you know, a little cloudy. It's not it's not bright and sunshiny or anything like that, but it is what it is. That's all right. We're going to party anyway. So I got more hits coming up for you, more show coming up for you. We're going to have a, another family conversation. Um... And I'm going to try to end the show on a happy note with some good music. So don't touch that dial. Keep it locked. If you've missed any of the first hour, don't forget to go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Subscribe and follow the podcast so that you don't miss any of the new episodes and you can get alerted when they are uploaded so that you can hear all of our family conversations and all of the news and information that you want to hear. I got more show coming up for you. Keep it locked. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. Um, Andrew Brown Jr., if you do not know of or um, don't recall this story, Andrew Brown Jr. was a 42-year-old black man who was fatally shot on April 21st by Pascatank County deputies in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I hate this story. I hate everything about the story. I hate the fact that the family had to basically fight for a fight for and commission an autopsy for their relative. Um, the autopsy has come back and I'm just going to read the statement from the family attorney, Ben Crump. Um, Bakari Sellers, Harry Daniels, and Chantel Cherry Laster. The autopsy results prove what we've always known to be true. Pascatank County deputies executed Andrew Brown Jr. with a kill shot to the back of the head. The autopsy, that's the end of the statement. The autopsy came back and said that it lists the cause of death as homicide and said that Andrew Brown Jr. had a gunshot wound to the back of the head that was fatal. He also had an arm, uh, he was shot in the arm and also had some other arm wounds. Um, The county district attorney, Andrew Womble, had concluded that the shooting 
which Brown's family described as an execution, and I would agree, the district attorney said it was justified, saying that Brown was recklessly driving at the officers and trying to flee arrest. You executed this man by shooting him in the back of the head. I said earlier in the show, and I'm going to say it again. Y'all take white domestic terrorists into custody peacefully. Even take them for burgers. You shot this man in the back of the head? For what? Um, There was a toxicology report that was released. It noted methamphetamine, but it said the level was extremely low and didn't play any role in the cause or manner of his death. So I don't want to hear any excuses on that. Two of the three deputies involved in the incident. First of all, when it happened, the uh, past the tank sheriff, Tommy Wooten, said that all three deputies who fired at Brown would be reinstated and retrained. Reinstated and retrained. You shot someone, you executed a man, literally. Again, what about that sworn duty to protect and serve? I don't understand that. Now two of the three deputies have returned to work. The third one intends to resign, but he shouldn't even have the option of resignation. So what? I'm disgusted, disappointed, pissed, hurt. Throw in any other words you want to throw in there. The FBI also announced that they will do a federal civil rights investigation. We'll see what comes of that. I really do pray this family gets justice, along with all of the other families going through situations and circumstances similar to this. This is absolutely ridiculous. In other news, if you have not heard, there was a recent drug approval for an Alzheimer drug. Uh, Alzheimer's is, of course, a terrible terrible deterioration, a terrible condition that includes or involves deterioration of uh, cognitive abilities. Um, There was an 11 member committee that voted nearly unanimously in November that the drug should not be approved. Uh, They cited inconclusive evidence that the drug was effective. However, the FDA gave the drug an accelerated approval on Monday, citing themselves that it can likely reduce Alzheimer's. No clear evidence that there's actually benefit against the condition, uh, but you know, it may reduce it. What? That's not, that's not, no. So now three people out of the 11 member FDA advisory panel have resigned. Um, They are basically, all three of them are basically citing the approval of the drug as their reason. One, uh, the one that recently resigned, said, my rationale was that the FDA needs to reevaluate how it solicits and uses the advisory committees because I think I didn't think that the firm recommendations from the committee in this case were appropriately integrated into the decision-making process. Uh, He also cited another decision to approve Sarepta Therapeutic Incorporated's drug, Eptilursin, I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, um, it's supposed to be a drug for muscular dystrophy, and that happened in 2016. If y'all are not going to listen, now I got my own issues with the FDA and all of that. That's a whole other conversation. But if y'all aren't going to listen to the advisory committee, stop wasting their time. And what are you here for? Stop to... (laughs) Yeah, anyway, I'm biased. I've had family members suffer from uh, not only Alzheimer's, but Lewy body dementia. And it is not a good experience to to watch your loved one go through that. so I, I have a huge problem with this, but again, I'm biased and what do I know? Uh, so we talked a little bit about this yesterday um, in different states. Now, Florida, Florida Board of Education is now banning critical race theory in classrooms. 
there are several groups that are opposed to this. We'll talk about that um, a little bit later in the show. But now they have unanimously voted to ban teaching any ideas, thoughts, ideologies, anything related to critical race theory. It is one of the largest public school systems to do this across the country. The rule says, this is part of what what it says, instruction on the required topics must be factual and objective and may not suppress or distort significant historical events such as the Holocaust and may not define American history as something other than the creation of a new nation based largely on universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. says teachers must serve as facilitators for student discussion and do not share their personal views or attempt to indoctrinate or persuade students to a particular point of view how is critical race theory not factual what i just oh my god y'all are just really pissing me off Racism exists. Racism is ingrained into the dirt, the soil, the ground, the lands of this nation. We're going to talk a little bit next week. I have a guest coming next week. Um, Y'all know her. Y'all have heard her before. Um, She'll come next week and we're going to talk about the Keystone Pipeline that was just canceled and the the impact to uh, Canada and how much money we how much money they've lost and why it's important and why we should be kissing the ground indigenous people walk on. We should thank the indigenous nations. We'll talk about that next week. But that, again, racism, terrible experiences based on race and ethnicity in this country exist. It is at the foundations of this country. It just, like, there's no way around that. So for the Florida Board of Education to include in its ruling that teachings and lessons and teachers must teach and try not to indoctrinate these ideas and these ideologies and these theories and that it's not factual. Systemic racism is real. My experience as a black woman in this country is real. My ancestors' experiences as black people in this country are real. I have Cherokee uh, in me. My great grandmother's uh, heritage and ancestry was real. It's real. I don't understand. Again, like I said yesterday, this is not up for debate. This is a problem. Like, y'all are really full of crap. And that is the nicest way that I can say that. Seriously. Um, uh, We'll talk about a protest that deals with this coming up in a few minutes. I gotta take a break because I just got pissed off all over again. So, I'm... We'll talk about a couple of protests. I'll give you, you know, a funny story to lighten up the mood a bit. I'm going to go have some coffee or something because we got work to do, y'all. Don't even get me started on, you know, I've said it before. America's 27th in education. To my knowledge, I don't think that number has changed. If it has, it's probably gotten worse. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong or give me the updated stat. I would love to say that we've increased globally in education. We haven't, especially when we're doing stupid stuff like this. Like, what? Like, y'all are ridiculous. And again, that's my nice way of saying it. So... I got more show coming up for you. Uh, If you don't know, this is actually DMX uh, that you hear in the background. So I'm gonna play a little bit of DMX for you because why not? Rest in peace, DMX. You are missed, you are loved. I still cannot believe uh, you are gone. Man, what y'all really want? What y'all really want? I got more show coming up for you. Don't move, I'll be right back. Follow Tiffany Linnell on social media at Tiff Linnell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. (sighs) Protest. 
the great privilege and right of every American and every human. Hell, even animals can protest. So I talked a little bit about Florida Board of Education uh, banning critical race theory, one of the largest public school systems to do so thus far. They're not the only ones, but they also are getting a lot of pushback. Teachers in 22 cities, 22 cities are planning protests over laws restricting racism lessons in schools. I'm going to read the, I won't call it a name. I'll just say the statement that I disagree with um, in the article I read. A fellow by the name of Charles Lehman, who is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute, which is a conservative think tank in New York, said America is the sort of country that we should want to belong to. Okay. The account of history becomes derogatory. There's a difference in saying we have done evil things from the stronger claim that America is essentially racist. It is. America is essentially racist. I don't, what, again, how is this up for debate? Like, how? It's been proven that racism is a problem in this country. We, we don't live in a post-racial climate. That's just, we just don't. I don't understand how, like what? So I already told you about Florida, Florida's Board of Education banning critical race theory. Pennsylvania Republicans have introduced a bill penalizing schools that would teach about this country's racist and sexist past. Michigan GOP leaders have also introduced a bill that would limit discussions on the impacts of race and racism in U.S. history. It would also cut funding to any school that includes material in their curriculum from the 1619 Project. If you don't know what that is, that's a series of stories that the New York Times published uh, in 2019 examining the role of slavery in this country's founding. I, sure, sure, why not? Uh, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, Philadelphia activist Tamara Anderson says, our children deserve to be taught authentic, connective histories. Indigenous, Black, Latino, Indigenous, Black, Latino, Asian, and other people of color make up the fabric of what is actually America. I agree with this statement wholeheartedly. America is supposed to be a melting pot. I mentioned Marcus Garvey in yesterday's show and talked about the import his quote in, in saying that the importance of culture, history, and knowing your roots is, is so important. It is essential. It's crucial. So I am so, so happy for these teachers that are pushing back in 22 cities. I hope that more teachers push back. I will continue to push back because this is ridiculous. You cannot do this. <laughs> like you just, it was already a problem. The narrative y'all been pushing about Christopher Columbus since Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue and got lost. But now you're trying to get rid of critical race theory, which has been around and really since the 70s, but it's coming under fire now. I, like, no, 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 and no. Um, there's an activist and CEO of an education nonprofit called Brightbeam that said there's a long overdue reckoning happening right now around George Floyd and race in this country that bad faith actors on the conservative side want to shut down. The reckoning from one side is to shut it down by never talking about it and to stop your teachers from exploring it because we don't want to feel bad about it. That's too bad. You should feel bad about it. This country has a reckoning that needs to happen. We have to have these conversations. Uh, Lisa Covington, a sociology of education PhD candidate at the University of Iowa, uh, says these laws are really just ways to restrict civil rights while using civil rights language. I could not agree with her more. Like the irony 
it's just one statement, uh, one sponsor for one of the state's bills said that they are banning this conversation because the critical race theory is dangerous and divisive. So is this country. Welcome to America. <sighs> Kudos to these teachers. I sincerely hope more teachers, more people come behind. Parents, go to your PTA meetings. Go to any other community meetings you can get involved in. Run for PTA. Run for whatever you need to. Run for your school commission. Like, whatever it is that you can do, we need real history. All around, we need real history taught. And I remember being in public school myself and basically the black history that I got was Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And that was only during the month of February. Thank God for parents who instilled in me the belief to further my exploration of my own roots and my history and black history and inventions and traditions and spirituality and everything else. And not to just stick with what I was being taught and what was being shoved down my throat. Because honestly, like, yeah, kudos to uh, the teachers and I support you. I stand with you and I hope many others join this fight. Uh, kudos to another man who protested a Confederate monument for 21 years. 21 years, y'all. 21 years. Willie Hudspeth spent 21 years in a lawn chair in front of a Confederate monument in Denton, which was, I'll give you the whole history in a minute. But anyway, uh, Denton is in Texas. It's a historic square. And there was a Confederate monument, a 20 foot statue of a uniformed soldier uh, over the words, our Confederate soldier. Every Sunday, almost every week, for 21 years, from 4 to 7 p.m., Willie Hudspeth set up a lawn chair, some signs, and sat in protest in front of this monument. A year ago, one month after the murder of George Floyd, because we're going to call it what it was, that monument finally came down. Hudspeth was a retired middle school teacher, Vietnam veteran, and leader of the local NAACP when he was 54 years old, when he started this protest 21 years ago. At 75 last year, he got to see it come down. He was quoted as saying, thank God it actually happened. For 21 years, I have been going down there talking about removing the statue and it's just like these commissions to do what they do, what to do what they did. Uh, there's absolutely no trace of the monument in the square, but that is not the only history of the town. Uh, Denton essentially was a dominantly white city, but Quakertown was the nearby city that was the black community within Denton. It, decades after the Civil War, was a thriving black merchant district near the center of the town. And essentially the white residents of Denton said that Quakertown was in their way. Uh, they built a college of industrial arts, a school for white women at the edge of Quakertown, right beyond the square, and essentially said that the students needed more space for the ladies to walk safely from the school. You cannot make this up. So in 1921, three years after the Confederate monument that has now been taken down went up in Denton, the town voted to relocate the entire town of Quakertown to Solomon Hill, which was a cow pasture on the other side of the railroad tracks. This is why we say things like there's a separation based on railroad tracks. That is not an exaggeration. It happened in Denton, in Quakertown. Now, this was the same year that the Tulsa Race Massacre that just celebrated, not even celebrated, that just honored and memorialized the 100-year anniversary. Uh, it was 270 miles north. So tell me again how this country isn't racist and doesn't have racist roots. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Um, so when they moved the city of Quakertown, literally relocated an entire city of people, more than 60 families lost their homes and many residents left Denton altogether. Again, in the same year as the Tulsa Race Massacre, 1921. 
So I don't want to hear anything about critical race theory isn't needed, okay? Kudos to Hudspeth for his fight and for his 21-year protest. I think that is absolutely amazing. Kudos to the teachers that are protesting in the 22 cities. I hope that they absolutely get more support. I support you. I stand with you. And now for the funny part of the show. If you have not seen it on social media, there is a video going viral of... uh, Two anchors. I'm. I'm just gonna play the clip. Featherweight champion Nati Kokola to fight in Ukraine this coming Saturday. And for more on this, Jessica. Good afternoon, Jessica. Good evening. When we speak about sports, we are hearing that Kokola will be fighting in Saturday. No, you're not going to do that. You're just going to greet me and then you say take it away. You're not going to do that. Please, Jessica, we are live. I think this is hysterical. <laughs> So this was caught uh, by a viewer. This is two anchors in Namibia, which is in Southern Africa. And, you know, statements have been released. Their jobs aren't in jeopardy or anything like that. Apparently the two anchors are friends. They're all good. They're all fine. Jessica just didn't realize that they were live. Something happened with, you know, her earbud or something like that and usually they talk behind the scenes just to coordinate what's happening but Jessica didn't realize they were live and there you have it so that is what is happening in the video there's an awkward silence towards the end really not because they're getting into it or anything like that the station managers the anchors everybody said they're good they're fine they're close friends behind the scenes she just froze because she didn't realize they were live so i think that's hilarious things happen it is what it is anywho that's going to do it for me today make sure you keep it locked because unmuted nation is coming up and you don't want to miss that so make sure you are listening to boss fm talk you really just want to go ahead and keep it right here because alex is coming up right after me 1 to 3 p.m i will catch you back on monday 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. If you missed any parts of the show, you can always catch up on yesterday's show or today's show or any other previous shows that you missed. You know, I've been doing this for a little minute. So you can catch any of those previous shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Also, hit me up on social media at Tifflenell, T-I-F-F-L-A-N-E-L-L-E. That's going to do it for me today. I hope you all have a beautiful Friday or again, if you're listening to the podcast, whatever day it is that you're listening to this, I hope you have a beautiful day. How about that? Does that that work? I think, I think that'll work. I am going to wrap up my show with some good music to get you uh, started. If you're listening live, got a little bit of city girls, a little time for the twerk later. It's time for twerk later. Uh, I thought it was perfect. A little bit of new mixed with a little bit of flashback since that's a sample song. And we'll got, we got some Sierra level up. So that's going to do it for me. Don't forget, be safe, be blessed, and let God be God today. Have an awesome one. Tiffany Talks. Tiffany Talks and the Tiffany Talks podcast are registered trademarks. Each show is broadcast and powered by Boss FM.